0: On today's show, we're going to look at our favorite signings of the offseason so far. Maybe Mavericks, maybe somebody else. We will look across the league and see which players we like the best and then <sighs> me, Slovency, da, da 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 da. We got to talk about it. Luka and the boys going for bronze on Saturday. We'll talk about how they got there coming up. Locked on map. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks podcast. Take me to NBA
1: champions. Bang! Bang! It's good! And the Mavericks have won the game! Thank you, he asked me if I know any French, and I said no what, what do I look like? Uh God? I don't know French. Does God know French? Probably knows French. What do you think? I know all the languages? You think I know French? I gotta tell you something about the French number system, how they count to a hundred. It's absolutely bonkers, man. You're not gonna believe it.
0: And welcome, you're Locked On of the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator for Locked On Podcast Network, and joining me as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The bronze boy, the one more thing king, what you got for me, Isaac Harris.
2: Heartbreaking.
0: It was it's
2: it was such a fun ride. And you know, I said this uh not over. It's not yes, it's not over. But I said this on on Twitter. I'll say it on this pod for all of our Slovenian listeners. This has been such a blast to root for this Slovenia team over these past few weeks. And for I know a lot of fans is probably like, "Hey, we've been rooting for this national team for a while and looking for a while." And I just want to say thank you for letting us and so many yeah. of us you know, latch on to your fan base and be a part of this over the past few weeks and embracing a lot of us, allowing us to step into your fan base and cheer on Slovenian Luca with you guys. And even though we have another game left, I think we can, I can speak for Nick in this of like, you have two new Slovenian, you know, fans here. So, uh, we're, uh, we're going to be rooting for Slovenia for a long time. And this is so it's so much fun. Now, I just want to, I think over these past few weeks, I would just want to go to Slovenia now. This is my, this is one yeah. of my things. I just want to add it to a list of countries I want to visit.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, I, de- I definitely want to go. Locked
2: on Mavs well. in Slovenia. Let's, let's do it. Let's go.
0: Let's do it. Listeners, Tim Kato went there. Why can't we go there?
2: Listeners, <laughs> let's try to make this happen. What would it take for oh us to have a, a live locked on Mavs in Slovenia?
0: Wow, that would be amazing. Yeah, comment, let us know. Let us know on Twitter, at LockedOnMavs. Uh, yeah, let's talk about it. Slovenia loses to France 90-89. to One point. Literally just one point in the semifinal game that would have sent them to the gold medal game. France now goes and plays the U.S. That one is at... Uh, that was on... Th- The gold medal game is 5 p.m. Central Time, USA versus France. And then the bronze medal game, which is Slovenia versus Australia, is 6 a.m. Central Time, so that one will be another early wake up call for, for some of us uh, especially on a saturday but we will be there we will be watching and i, I also want to echo what isaac said thank you for letting us on the bandwagon letting us you know cover this team and embracing us covering this team and, you know a lot of people have were complimentary of how we pronounce names and like okay we've tried to put some work into it and some look at <laughs> and you were like but we weren't getting so much hate about like oh how are you jumping on the bandwagon just now just because of luca and all that so i really appreciate everybody and all the comments uh, but yeah, this game, uh, it was a, it was a kind of a wild one. There were some major ups and major downs in this game. The, uh, early on, it looked like the, it looked like Slovenia was going to, um, it looked like Slovenia was going to at least feel pretty good in this game. Like, oh, France not doing that well. And then all of a sudden in the third quarter, the like, France just had an incredible third quarter and all the tweets that I was seeing were just everyone saying it's done. Slovenia doesn't have it. They got nothing. France's defense is too stifling. The stifled tower is too much for him. Batum is too much for him. Slovenia can't stop France on the other end. And then it was like a six-point lead at the end of the third quarter. It was the weirdest thing where everybody that I was seeing, or at least a lot of people I was seeing on Twitter, just felt completely devastated and were completely like, oh, it's... Better luck next time, Slovenia. And it was only six points. It was just a weird feeling sometimes in sports and in basketball. You can just it, it can just feel so much worse than the actual score is. And I was like, they hit two threes. They're right back in this game. They're right back tied, and they ended up doing that. And uh, they got real close at the end. It was a shot from Popelich that got blocked by, Bo, uh, by by Batum. Man, that was that was a close one. But there's something wrong with Luke at the end of the game depending on what it was something was not right with him cuz it just wasn't uh it just wasn't it wasn't the Luka Doncic we've we've known to we've come to know and love right
2: yeah i think he's dealing with something you know he was at the podium after the game with his you know his wrist uh wrapped up had ice on it he had that play in which he hit the plexiglass there he like uh,
0: punched it he, like ran into it to try and save the ball and kind of like punched it with his hand sort of like down like this If you're watching on YouTube and uh, yeah, he heard it. I think he either heard it there. All He could also just been gassed. He could have also just been the conditioning.
2: Yeah. I think it's a combination of things. I think it was, I think the conditioning still there. I think that's a thing. We can't gloss over that. Yeah. I think he did get hurt. I think France played decent defense on him. I thought TLC uh, played. I thought he played really good defense on Luca off the bench. I mean, as soon as he checked into the game, Nick Batum, Uh, we know he, he, he checked him a lot in the playoffs and what a cool moment after the game too, of Batum and, you know, Luca, I just, I, even though we've been cheering for Luca, you know, only for a handful of years now, I just feel so invested and connected to Luca to when I see Luca sad and upset and everything I'm like, I'm sad and upset about Luca. So, uh, it was rough seeing Luca on the bench with his towel and everything and seeing, You know Nick Batum talking to him after game. I think Luca, you know, referenced it and everything too. So a cool moment between them too. But heck of a play by Batum to block that shot. I didn't think he was gonna be able to get to it.
0: Yeah, man. He came out of almost came out of nowhere, but just the length, and that's why you need. That's why wingspan is a thing, right? That's why we focus on wingspan so much in the draft and focus on it for defensive purposes and all that. Uh, between Batum and Gobert, that's a really good defensive, you know, pairing there. And then adding TLC Loial Cabarro to that as well. Uh, but man, we, we got to talk about Luca though, because Luca finished the game sixteen points, eighteen assists. Uh, and then he also got the triple double with the ten rebounds. Only the third triple double in the Olympics. There was one in like the seventies. LeBron had one, and then now Luca. That is absolutely incredible that no one else has had one. But uh, I-, I point to Luka. There was something wrong with Luca, and I do think it was conditioning, maybe some of the injury as well. He only took two shots in the fourth quarter. Maybe mm-hmm. it's part of. Maybe it's a, just a perfect storm of his conditioning wasn't right. He was frustrated with fouls in the third quarter, and it kind of got to him there, and then. Uh, you know the hurt hand a little bit and then the way that France was defending him it was just all those things combined to he was you know he was passing a lot more he was distributing a lot more he took 18 shots the most on the team but only two of those came in the fourth quarter uh, yeah. and so I, I think there's something off with him he took he he passed up a wide open three which is what really makes me think there's something going on with him right? Yeah, uh, because he passed up that three. But it was a well played game by France. Um Nando DiColo just kind of came time. out of nowhere. They just could yeah. not like Slovenia could not stop him getting to the rim at all. Uh Fournier also had a great game as well. Um Mike Toby for Slovenia. We gotta talk about Toby from Jersey, according to your nemesis. Do you see that tweet? No. In the middle of the game, Kyle Anderson goes, Mike Toby plays for Slovenia, that boy from Jersey.
2: That's hilarious. <laughs>
0: uh My- but mike toby i thought had a great game 23 points eight boards uh five of them were offensive rebounds and he just uh like him and luca in the pick and roll that they were just like yeah. tearing france apart at the beginning uh even gobert like they were just picking him apart with that and it's just like luca with a pick and roll guy it just, it's just just gonna continue to bad. destroy defenses no matter what you do for the next i don't know 15 20 years
2: I mean, you go back to, you know, guys that he's played with, even you go back and look at, um, I'm probably going to pronounce his name wrong, Tavares, Eddie. Uh, oh, Tav- Eddie Tavares, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, a massive dude. You look at Toby, you look at guys, you look at Dwight Powell. I mean, you look at these guys, it's like, you know, when they play with Luca, Luca can maximize them and maximize their strengths, and, you know, yeah, I mean, Toby versus Gobert, that was a that was a matchup today. You know, Toby had 23 points this game, like you said, but it, it was wild seeing both teams play the pick and roll thing too, because you know, France was obviously targeting, you know, Toby in the pick and roll, taking advantage of him trying to guard on the perimeter. Dallas was doing the exact same Dallas. Slovenia was doing the exact same thing of you know trying to get Gobert switched and and all of that. But I thought Slovenia Tried to challenge Gobert a little bit too much. Uh, you know, it's like this dude is really good defensively, but you know what? Even on the last play, I didn't see a ton of it, but I was as soon as the last play happened, I'm like, here we go. There's going to be tweets saying, Oh, Luca was afraid of the moment. Luca got double teamed in that moment. Like, yeah, Gobert got you know switched on it, but then Batum, this is why I say a heck of a play by Batum, Batum, you know, kind of halfway doubled Luca on that passed it over, Batum recovered in time to block it and it's just a great play by him and I mean it was just a heck of a run by luca and these guys and now they have a chance for a bronze. It's not over. I I get all of that. Um but let's go. They got to uh, Australia's a heck of a team. So yeah. that's going to be a tough tough game for them, but rooting for them, you know, come the weekend and let's get that first medal for Slovenia.
0: Yeah, going to be a fun game, hopefully. And, uh, yeah, it's not over. So we'll see this team one more time, which I'm excited to. I'm glad it's not completely over because I've had a real fun time watching this team with Dragic and uh, Chanchar and, you know, Propelich. Rough like, game just... for uh, Zoran. He, they needed they needed one of those three guys. Propelich got 17 points, so he kind of stepped up there. But they needed Chanchar or Dragic to get him like, 15. Or Zoran something had <laughs>
2: 27 least. points last game. He was 0 for 1 in this game.
0: <laughs> he had one point of a free throw he was one of three from free throw like something was going on with him too apparently but and he only played 11 minutes uh but yeah so coming up let's get into our favorite free agent signings so far in the nba we'll go across the league and talk about how they affect the mavericks and just the free agent signings that we like so we'll get into that coming up all right isaac let's get into our favorite free agent signings that happened across the league so far Sure, you have a. This was your suggestion for topics. I'm sure you have a a, a prep of, of like a a starter for this.
2: Well, I just was looking. I mean, there's been so many deals that's happened over the past few days. I we've talked about the Maverick stuff so much. We're you know waiting on the Drogage situation. Depending on who you talk to, Tim Kato was on his podcast today. If you're in the camp of saying, "Hey, we're just waiting any moment for Dragovich to happen to Dallas." Um, don't listen to Tim Kato's podcast uh, because uh, it kind of uh, puts the, I mean, he gives real reporting on it that dampers that, but honestly go listen to that. It gives you more insight into Dragic's situation.
0: 77 minutes in heaven is the podcast
2: name. Yes. So go, go listen to it. And I just, I, I texted Nick during, I'm like, well, <laughs> Tim's a little bit pessimistic right now. And uh, this, if this even happens. So Go listen to that. I don't want to, you know, say and ruin all of it to ruin the listen. But so I, I want to look look around the league of some of these signings that's happened over the past few days. I love the the Patty Mills signing for for mm. for Brooklyn. Yeah, I thought Brooklyn what they did of having their starters Joe Harris with their big three and going out and like solidifying their bench to add Patty Mills at two years six million dollars each year, two years twelve million dollar deal. I thought Patty would have gotten over 10, at least the full MLE from a team and to bring him off the bench now and to have like Kyrie insurance. But then, and I just want to lump the Patty mills into the cam time, you know, the cam pick the, you know, Dayron sharp move. You bring in Blake back on a minimum deal. I just thought for the Bruce Brown back, Bruce Brown back. I just thought for spiritual the spiritual
0: leader, James Johnson coming. there.
2: <laughs> Yes, that's a that's a good one, too. Like a great signing. I I thought they did.
0: He's not going to do anything.
2: But like these are good value contracts, I think. And that's the I I just thought for one of like, yeah, a team that is that has so much money going to those guys. I thought they did really, really good with the draft. Javon Carter. They got him from Phoenix with the draft and free agency. I mean, the rich got richer.
0: Yeah, I, thought I had them somewhere in here. I thought that they had great moves as well.
2: In shocking news, I didn't know if you knew this, Andre Iguodala has narrowed his list down to three teams. And I don't know <laughs> it if was it was the perfect it, list. If you could guess which <laughs> of those three list. teams it would be, I, I didn't know if you've seen that or not. But Golden um, State
0: Warriors, Brooklyn Nets, and L.A. Lakers. Like, oh, really? Wow. He's, he's limited to those teams.
2: Cool. <laughs> New Orleans did not make it.
0: Yeah, New Orleans didn't make it. Dallas didn't make it again. Bummer. Uh, one time, I guess. You get one shot with Iguodala, and then you just don't get him again. Um, I think my favorite signing was Otto Porter with the Golden State Warriors. I thought this yeah, that's one was good. really interesting. That's like a real like buy low, and maybe if it works out really well, all of a sudden they have this 3 and D wing that just fits perfect with the rest of with, you know, what they want to do. And so I, I thought that was a, a really good move for them. Kind of makes sense. It is a risk, though. Uh, but they were able to help Steph with his injury stuff, so maybe they're able to help Otto Porter revitalize his career. He was the number three pick, like, what like not too long ago, like five years, six six years ago. Uh, so there's kind of rebuild there. his value type
2: move for him,
0: right? Yeah, they could they could definitely do that, and turn him into a piece. Uh, I have some I have some uh, honorable mentions though I'd like to share. Oh, please do. My first one is my absolute, honestly, my absolute favorite deal because when I saw it, I literally laughed out loud sitting where I was. I just sat there and I laughed because. Oh, no. Andre Drummond going to the Philadelphia 76ers is the funniest deal. And I'm not going to bash Andre Drummond. It's not even about his play. It's about the fact that every time Andre Drummond plays Joel Embiid, Joel Embiid, like, goes out of his way to embarrass Andre (laughs) Drummond over and over and over again. And then on social media, go and, like, like, post things. Like, I think he put Drummond's mind or something like that as the location for one of his Instagram photos. And just, like all this stuff about Andre Drummond about how he's in his, in his in his head and all that stuff and now they're signing him to come back him up i thought that was the funniest thing because can you imagine those practices where they're no. going against each other just joel talking just all kinds of smack to andre drummond it's going to be hilarious that was that was an honorable mention for mine it's just i love it oh no so. yeah when that
2: was announced i just laughed out loud i was like this there's no way this is real it was incredible.
0: Like, can it get worse for Andre Drummond in his career? He's like in Detroit. He gets this max deal, and then he just doesn't live up to it. He's not. A, he's not an all star again. And then he like can't get another deal like that again. It goes to the Lakers. It's a bad situation there. And then he's like, where else do I go? Nobody wants to sign him. Okay, I guess I'll go sign with like the one guy in the league that makes me feel real bad about myself. It was like can we? It was like Sam Sam Obi Sanya and Ted Lasso with uh, with Jamie Tart is what it was.
2: Can we acknowledge that that's the same Andre Drummond? Some some people wanted to give up assets for, and now he's signing, signing a vet
0: yeah. man deal. Yeah, um, those are the same people that didn't want Kyle Lowry. All right.
2: <laughs> do you want to do a couple that you didn't like?
0: Uh oh! I only you said two favorite signings, so I only did favorites. Okay,
2: okay, never mind, never mind. Um, yeah, I think the group. I'm so intrigued with the group, the Tim Hardaway group. There There's this group of guys who who all are making around $18 million a year. It's Gary Trent, Duncan Robinson, Norman Powell, Tim Hardaway, and Evan Fournier. All literally around like a similar type of deal, four or five years, around $18 million a year. I just don't know. I mean, I'm going to say, I'm going to put Tim on this list mainly because I thought he would get over 20. I like, I love, I, I mean, I like Tim Hardaway's deal compared, like Gary Trent. I don't know. I guess I just need to watch more and more Gary Trent. But <laughs> when it said Gary Trent got his, like, 90 million or whatever it is, I was I was shook by that. And, yeah.
0: I almost but. put Tim Hardaway on this list because I thought be of that class, we've been talking about that class of guards for a couple of weeks now, and I think he got the most favorable deal of that. And we know because he took a discount, he got offered that same deal, that $90 million. He got offered more money from the Pelicans. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I thought that that was a great deal for sure.
2: Well, he got three for fifty-four. That's what it was. Eighteen years. Oh
0: still, yeah. But. Uh, Alex Caruso was another one I liked for the Bulls because mm. they get you know they have Zach Levine, they get Lonzo Ball, and then they're like, okay, we have Caruso plus Demar Derozan. All of a sudden, you have all these different looks you can throw. Like they're gonna have to try and figure it out. Billy Donovan has a tough task trying to figure out how to get all these guys playing time and who they're gonna play well with. The Kobe White Caruso like backcourt off the bench is gonna be fun, I think. But yeah. Trying to figure out that rotation. But you still, if you're playing a Portland Trailblazers, maybe you start Caruso and Lonzo. That's two good, like really good defensive guards that you can throw out there uh, that aren't going to kill you on offense either. So like, I like that move for the Bulls.
2: No, yeah, yeah. I, I love the Caruso move. I like, uh, the, I like the Rashawn Holmes contract. He's getting th- like only three or two and a half more million dollars than Nerland's per year. And I think he's much better than Nerlens. Don't tell Nerlens that. I love Nerlens, but I I just thought he would get more than thirteen million dollars a year, basically. So that one kind of surprised me. And I like the Rudy Gay contract for Utah. Mm.
0: It's like two I years, had all of, yeah,
2: two years, twelve million. It's like Patty Mills, basically. But I thought that was a sneaky signing by them. Not Hassan Whiteside, but Rudy Rudy Gay for them was great.
0: I had almost everything the Jazz did on this list. They got Hassan
2: Whiteside. At-
0: They got Conley at essentially a discount. They got Rudy Gay, like you just said. They got Eric Paschal for like nothing, like a salary dump for Golden State. Uh, And Paschal is really good friends with Donovan Mitchell, so I think that's positive for them. Uh, And then they got Hassan Whiteside, which the Hassan Whiteside and the Andre Drummond deals were funny to me because it's like, all right, we have this big center that we start with. We might as well just lean into it and always have a big center on the floor at all times. They're like, let's just – Let's just do try to try to emulate what we do in the starting lineup a little bit in the you know with the backups.
2: And they got Jared Butler, a guy who, you oh, know, yeah. fell so far in the draft, fell to the 40th pick, and you know, health, you know, concerns and stuff too. But if he pans out and he's fully healthy, it's gonna be solid value for them. So I agree with that. I think they had a, a solid I do not say off season, but a few weeks. But
0: couple other deals that I liked. I like that Cam Payne got paid. Not a ton. It was it was a pretty yeah. good deal for Phoenix, but I was just happy for him as a person going to you know going to China, working his way back, getting a deal like that. I was happy for Duncan Robinson. I've been like,
2: on that island all his career.
0: <laughs> yeah, but you weren't like being very nice about it. <laughs> you were on the <laughs> island saying mean things and yelling like at people. <laughs> uh, Duncan Robinson getting paid. Dude was like a D two player at one point. Like that's just incredible to yeah. be now like the highest paid like undrafted, uh, undrafted player. Uh, Jeff Green going to the Nuggets and Michael Green going back. They have two out of the three Jay Greens in the NBA. Josh Green is the last Jay Green that they need to add <laughs> to complete their bingo chart if they want to do that. Uh, Robin Lopez going to Orlando was another one that made me just laugh out loud because Incredible. my guy has one of those. There's Okay, I was a Disney Pass holder when we lived in Florida. There is a neighborhood that's built right off of Disney that if you buy a house there... It's like part of Disney almost, and you get a season pass if you live there, and he owns a house there. (laughs) My guy goes to Disney so much, he owns one of those houses, him and his brother own it together, and he literally just went, like, let me go sign with the place where Disney World is, (laughs) like... Is he what gonna a, live there? That's a the move. question. I, he's probably gonna live. There. It's pretty close to the arena. He's uh, gonna
2: have the best social media content. He's just gonna be posted up at he's just be a, yeah,
0: at Galaxy's Edge all the time. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, I also liked all the talent staying in the East. Uh, Lowry yes, stayed good. in the East. Yes. DeRozan went to the East. John Collins, Lonzo. Like there wasn't any big player that moved. Uh, like you had Chris Paul staying in the West, but there wasn't any big player. I guess Westbrook was kind of the only player that. That moved, you know, east to west. That maybe shifted something, but don't we don't care. know if it shifted a lot. Um, and then my last one is I love the SGA extension with the Thunder. There's all kinds mm. of trade rumors and stuff with him, and I was just glad for, for personally for Ryland Styles, and also just <laughs> for Thunder fans that they kept uh, SGA. So I like that move.
2: Yeah, I think it's where we haven't really talked about it a ton. We mentioned it briefly, but just a reminder, Luca, everything around Luca and the extension. You know, Mark Stein reported too. he's waiting to get back from the Olympics, be done with that, and yep. then we'll hear stuff. He still, he still hasn't commented on Jason Kidd, any of that stuff he's waiting to, which I, I think it's really for him to just turn, you know, turn that off and just be focused on Olympics. I respect the heck out of that. And I, I'm really curious to see his first thoughts on. I mean, you know, he had to sign off on the kid thing, but just his thoughts on kid the extension news to happen whenever that does and everything. So we'll see.
0: There you go. That's the, our favorite signings coming up. I'm going to talk to, uh, I'm going to talk to Sean Woodley of lockdown Raptors about the drug situation, what the Raptors side of it thinks and all that. We'll get into that coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about built bar built bar. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Oh dang. They have a new flavor. I just opened the website. Uh Rocky road. With marshmallow and almond in it. I might have to buy some of these bars right now. Even though I have so many bars after the NBA draft thing. I have like 50 bars in my.
2: You're flexing right now.
0: <laughs> I have so many bars right now though after that thing. I just took them all home. Uh, Rocky Road, a new flavor if you want to go check it out. 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, 6 grams of sugar in a bar with marshmallows in it. Wild. Go get it right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Now on the show, friend of the show, friend of the network, Sean Woodley, host of Locked On Raptors, as well as the uh, unsung hero of the MLB and NHL channel, the the, 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 the ruler, I guess, the, the runner,
1: grand, grand Poobah is what I have. On this, on
0: this part, so. uh, Sean Woodley, Locked On Raptors. If you're listening to this on Locked On Raptors, I'm Nick Angstead, Locked On Mavericks host. Uh, And we are going to talk about Kyle Lowry. No, I'm just kidding. We're going to talk about Goran Dragic (laughs) because uh, our two teams are now in this weird stalemate of will they won't they Ross Rachel. Is it going to work out for these two teams? Will, Will Dragic finally get what he wants? Will the Mavericks finally get what they want in him going to Dallas? So. We will get into that, but first I want to ask you because for weeks and weeks, Isaac and I, our number one target after Kawhi, because Kawhi wasn't really that realistic, but after Kawhi was Kyle Lowry, and we were really into Mm -hmm. Kyle Lowry. We went, at at certain times we would say, okay, if the Mavericks got Kyle Lowry, they would be a title contender. We just were Mm -hmm. like, it would be that good of a get for the Mavericks. Our YouTube comments were so full, and I'm sure... Locked on Raptors listeners would be confused to hear this. So full of people saying, don't get Lowry. He's old and fat. Why would you want him? He's not worth that contract. He's not the player that you want. Talk some sense into some of these YouTube commenters, which is an impossibility, but just do it for Yeah, <laughs> I mean, why
1: would you want uh, one of the five smartest players of the last 20 years in the NBA, who is one of the best floor managers in the NBA, who is an NBA champion, who is like if you go back and look at the last 10 years and every advanced statistic that sort of a catch-all win metrics he's like top five with LeBron and Kawhi and Kevin Durant and Giannis most of the time why would you want that guy right like well what, why would you want that to be the guy to put you over the top and give you more than one ball handler on the roster yeah like it, that would be a wonderful addition you should have been disappointed when Kyle Lowry ended up going to the heat I was like Kind of rooting for the Mavericks thing because I thought that was going to be Kyle's best chance to go win a title as well. Um, You know, I think him and Luka Doncic, just just so much basketball genius IQ on the floor at the same time. And you can say Kyle Lowry's fat or whatever. The dude is 35. He has not really had a significant drop off in his play or his ability in the last, you know, ever since he turned 30. He got skinny, quote unquote, I guess, in 2015, 16. He's kind of, I guess, packed it on since then. I don't know. He, he's in he's in really good shape. I don't know what to say. Like he's in awesome shape. And part <laughs> of the allure of Kyle Lowry he's got he's got that thick trunk that no one can move because he's just the center of gravity is all tied up in in the behind. Like he's yep. he would have been a wonderful fit. I, I I don't know how you could have viewed anything viewed it as anything other than that. Like that that's exactly the type of player the Mavs would have needed.
0: Not understanding that someone is thick doesn't mean that they're fat is a a really weird thing for a Mavericks fan (laughs) to not understand (laughs) on a certain level. Uh, All right, let's get into the Goran Dragic stuff because this is sort of interesting. Maybe by the time you're listening to this, something will have happened. We're recording this around noon central time on Thursday, August 5th, so something may have happened by now, but the Mavericks and the Raptors seem to be in this stalemate. The Mavericks apparently don't want to be part of this three team trade. Cause we haven't heard the full details on the Raptors trade to Miami for you know, mm-hmm. Lowry. And then what we've been, what we've been told is Dragic and precious Chua, right? We still haven't been told yeah. all those details.
1: Yeah. That one, it's weird to sort of figure out because it does really depend on what Kyle's contract actually is. You know, I think the sort of, Woj didn't do anybody any favors when he was like, he's making approximately $90 million over three <laughs> years. That approximately matters, because I think if it's $87.5 million over three years, then they can just send back Precious Achua and Goran Dragic and make the money work. If it's actually 90000000 million, they'll have to send someone like KZ Okpala as well. I don't know if they'd reroute one of those guys to Dallas just because the roster's so full. Maybe that's something they're working on. I'm not sure. And then there's some draft comp- compensation. But either way, like Precious Achua is going to be a Raptor. Drogic might be a raptor, he might be a Maverick. I, I guess it totally depends on whether the Mavericks want him. It sounds like they do, but it also sounds like they don't want to pay anything for him. I know Tim McMahon, Tim McMahon also said on the low post that they don't want to spend 19 million on Drogic. That's what he makes. I don't know if you want him, that's what you're paying him. <laughs> because guess what? The Raptors are not buying him out. That is not mm. gonna be what happens here. So I, I guess th- my question to you is like, do the match, the magic, the Mavs actually want Goran Drogic?
0: Uh, if, if they don't, that's very dumb. They, they should hundred <laughs> percent, you know, well, for everything, like we believe that they do and mm-hmm. they kind of need to at this point because they're running out of options Mark Stein reported yesterday they're not in the mix for Dennis Schroeder, and so mm-hmm. if you don't get Dennis Schroeder, if you don't get, if you don't want Goran Dragic, then who are you going to get for this secondary creator? They've been trying to get all offseason? They've been linked yeah. to like every single one of them. They were linked to Kyle Lowry. They were linked to Mike Conley. They were linked to Dragic. Obviously, they like linked to all these different guys because they wanted to bring in another guy that can get his own shot, that can run the offense when Luka is not on the floor. That was what they desperately needed last year. If they had even one more guy last year that was good at that, or at least Mm semi-competent in that, they may have beat the Clippers in the first round with Kawhi going nuclear, which you're very well aware of. Um, Like, if they just had one more guy, I think they they have to. And this offseason has been... Not that great for him so far. The only real sure. additions were, were Reggie Bullock and Sterling Brown. And I don't think going into an offseason with like $34 million, that's the best thing that you could come away with. I don't think that that was the best use of resources so far. So they have sure. to get at least one more thing. And then now it seems like Dragic is the last thing. It's the the thing that they've been waiting on. And now, like you said, we're in this posturing of, okay, the Mavericks say, well, we don't want to pay him $19 million. That to me seems like well you know we're just gonna wait for you to buy him out so lower the sure. asking price for the trade right uh, yeah and so my then my question back to you is if the trade is then the the deal that's been talked about the most the, the one the, the one that makes it easiest for the mavericks is dwight powell and willie collie stein that makes the sure. money work that makes you know it kind of makes sense for the mavs roster and all that kind of stuff uh was that the trade was that notification that trade no <laughs> definitely not it was my creative cloud saying we need updating uh <laughs> Dang it. Dang it. Uh, but what, what do you think about that about that package? What do the Raptors look at that package and say, is Dwight Powell an asset? Is he not an asset? It just seems like uh, right now they would need to add something to it. But what's your thoughts on it? Yeah,
1: I don't think they'd be super enthused about getting two centers back. Like It seems like Kem Burch is probably going to be re-signed by the team. There was a report out of a r- reporter in Montreal yesterday that he's already re-signed. That doesn't come from any of the big voices, but this guy is kind of plugged in with the Montreal basketball scene, which is basically Ken Birch and Chris Boucher. Uh, <laughs> and so I, I kind of you know, believe that something's going to get done there. I think Birch would have been signed somewhere if there wasn't the kind of understanding that he's going to get a good chunk of the MLE whenever the dust settles and the Raptors are over the cap and they have that asset to work with. So that's Birch. And then Precious Achua figures as a center as well. They're pretty loaded on the wings, you know, the three and four spots. They've got Scotty Barnes, OG, Pascal Siakam, Yuta Watanabe. Like if Achua's playing, it's going to be at the five. And so I don't think they'd be super thrilled about having two centers come back. Like Powell would be a nice piece. And if you have a center rotation of Powell, Kem Birch, and Precious Achua, you know, mixing in, I think that's pretty decent. And and you kind of go forward with that. But to add in Willie Cauley-Stein as well, doesn't make a ton of sense. So let me counter it to you. You know, the Raptors are in a pretty good negotiating spot here because they can just keep Goran Dragic. Like, they are a team that's not going to tank. They're too good to tank. And playing back at home next season, it seems like they'll be able to kind of get back, without Kyle Lowry even, to something resembling respectability, whether that's a low playoff seed, the play-in, whatever it is. That's what they're going to try for this season. They're not a tanking franchise. They just try to stay good, stay relevant, and wait for a chance to strike at a trade. And Goran Dragic can help them stay good and stay relevant. Honestly. He kind of addresses the biggest Raptors need, which is they need people to create in half court, much like Dallas w- with that extra supplementary creation. That's of the Raptors could really use. And if you have Goran Dragic as, you know, mixed in with Fred Van Vliet and Malachi Flynn as your three point guards, your three lead ball handlers, I think that's a pretty good way to be pretty good and have your bench lineups be effective and able to score in the half court. And I think there's no reason for them to move on from Dragich if they can't get something reasonable in return that fits what they want. And so the deal I've been kind of kicking around in my head, and it's kind of a pain because there's like a very like small amount of cap difference between like if it was just Dwight Powell plus Josh Green, that would be great. But also you need like another forty thousand dollars or something like that to make (laughs) it work. It's very silly. So the deal I've been kicking around in my head is two first round picks from last year, Tyrell Terry, Josh Green with Dwight Powell coming back to the Raptors in exchange for Dragic. I know that sounds like a lot to give up first round picks, you know that you just recently made, especially for a team that hasn't developed a lot of guys like the Mavericks have, but is that at all reasonable do you think? Is that something the the Mavs would eventually kind of concede to because I think that's kind of what it's going to take for the Raptors to feel compelled to move off Dragic because again, they don't really have to move off from him.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. He's also, even if you don't keep him, nineteen million dollars on an expiring deal for a player that's playable is a really good trade piece to add, totally, to, yeah. you know, boost whatever like salary you need to match somebody. So that's the, the Lakers
1: could trade all of their minimum salary guys <laughs> at the deadline for and It should be amazing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh yeah, I I think Josh Green and Tyrell Terry is a is probably too much, but like mm-hmm. the Mavericks are running out of options right now. Plus, this regime didn't draft those guys. Uh, it's a new regime right. with Nico Harrison, Jason Kidd. And so we don't know what they think about those guys. Um, sure. It would be weird because Tyrell Terry's on their summer league team and Josh Green is coming back from the Olympics and on the summer league team to trade them in the middle of that, <laughs> especially mm-hmm. both of them. <laughs> but uh, if that's, if that's what it gets to uh, man, man, the west is so weird this year that i think it might almost be worth it because yeah. to get dragic would would take you a little bit would make you a little bit better and maybe you just need to be a little bit better in order to uh you know to to go to the finals or to win a title because who else in the west is super scary to you right now there's the lakers and warriors they have lots of flaws and issues there's you sure. know this uh, weird tier of like the the Suns and Jazz, are they going to be right back there? What do we think about the Suns even? Because they their path to the finals last year was so odd. Uh, and so yeah. I almost think they they have to make this move for the offseason, for the their, uh, almost for Nico's job almost, to make it look like he did at least <laughs> something of a good job in his first attempt at an offseason. So I think eventually if it got to it, I think they may do that. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of posturing going back and forth. I think you and I could talk about this for a while. But um, yeah, I think that's what it's, probably going to come down to is are they willing to give up uh, you know are they willing to give up you know Josh Green Tyrell Terry maybe both of them uh, instead of you know going the just the Dwight Powell and Willie route
1: and maybe there's a world in which the Raptors like reroute the second rounder they're getting from Miami reportedly like right to kind of sweeten the pot the other way like that could happen too I don't think they'd include a Chua just because I I think that's like kind of a Raptors sort of project type guy like I think they'd be happy to work with him. But if they rerouted a second, maybe an extra second to kind of balance the scales a little bit, I, that could be possible. I just, I, I just want this to be over. I, I want to enjoy the summer. Like, this is just like, really, we're hanging, we're holding up the entire off season for Goran Dragic. Maybe we're going to be part of that big, like reported eight team super trade. Maybe that's what's happening. Here, holding but, up player uh, that doesn't yeah.
0: make sense. F- holding up the off season for a player that doesn't make sense. The Dallas Mavericks free agency methods since <laughs> 2000 and I don't know, 12 or whatever. It was Danny Green yeah, a couple look years to ago. Luka
1: Doncic going to uh, Drogic's house and like b- doing <laughs> the reverse of locking him in the house like DeAndre Jordan with the old Clippers. We've
0: already seen like. Drogic watching the Slovenia national team in his own jersey, watching watching the team <laughs> like getting excited when they won that last game. Uh, yeah, so we've already seen that. He, and he, apparently, there's been an interview with him where he says he, he wants to go to Dallas. And so the Mavs see that as leverage, and I don't think that is as much leverage as they think it is. So. There you go. Yeah. Sean Woodley, we could talk about this a lot. I'm Nick Engstead, Locked On Mavericks. Go listen to Locked On Raptors if you want to hear more about this uh, budding young now Raptors team all of a sudden.
1: Yeah, young and super weird and maybe going to throw the idea of positions completely in the trash. <laughs> we'll look out for center Scotty Barnes and point guard Pascal Siakam and apparently sure. Goran Dragic like running the second unit, maybe. I don't know. It's weird.
0: <laughs> That'd be kind of a fun team to watch, even though I want Dragic on the maps really bad.
1: Yeah, they are gonna be like super weird and probably fun and will win games like 11 to 9 <laughs> because their offense is probably gonna stink, but their defense will be airtight. There you go. I gotta tell you something about the French number system, how they count to 100. It's absolutely bonkers, man. You're not gonna believe it. Everything from 1 to 16 is fine. They got their own names for it. It's like on dux uh cat. I don't know what it is, but it's something. They got the, the, no, the same numbers for it. When you get to 16, for some reason, some arbitrary number like 16, they say, hey, f- the rest of it. We're going to do some random sh- now. So instead of 17, what you'd expect, they go 10, 7, then they go 10, 8, and then they go 10, 9, and then they go to 20. So that's fine. They have to have 20, so that's cool. But what the hell was all that three numbers before that?